Hello, welcome to, oh, oh my gosh, you know what that was? It's not overly relevant really to the podcast, but I have bought a new stopwatch clock timer thing to show where we are in the episode in case people come in late to the live YouTube. So I'm very pleased with myself, except I just almost knocked it off the sofa, which would have been bad. I also just found (laughs) some some chocolate that I obviously sat into the sofa you know and it really just squidges down in there I obviously spilled it and then sat on it and I wondered why I was getting all this chocolate all over my clothes clearly it's just been resting there ready to attack my trousers anyway <laughs> welcome to episode 12 of live with lil we're almost a teenager can't believe it this week i am in london still we are still on lockdown but i'm almost certain the wi-fi is going to be fixed for this week so that is very exciting loads of emails to get through this week so i would just love to start with the subject of snacks talking of my copious chocolate consumption I don't know if those words go in the right really go together but they do all start with a c so it just felt good in my brain and out it came anyway i love a snack and anna marshall says on one of the podcasts you ask what snacks people like to eat and honestly i'm not really fussy love a potato chip based snack could eat a whole tub of pringles if i was alone sour cream and onion is my go-to flavor basically if there's an open packet of snackable food in front of me though it's usually gone the same day i start it Oh, yeah. Whether that's crisps or Jaffa cakes, another great option, she says. Jaffa cakes. Oh, my gosh. That is such a British thing that I had forgotten about. Or peanuts or custard creams or grapes. That's from Anna. Thank you. And she says, long-time observer, first-time connector. Observer in a non-creepy way. (laughs) Sending good Wi-Fi connection vibes. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much, Anna. Jaffa cakes and custard creams. Right. If you have not had the pleasure of either of those in your body, just know they are amazing. And if you are outside of the UK and you find them on Amazon, just buy them, yeah? Because they are amazing. Jaffa cakes. Oh, and you can tell a lot about a person how they eat their Jaffa cakes. So Jaffa cakes, for those who are unaware, are sort of cookie-sized or biscuit-sized They have a spongy bottom and then they have this, a chocolate top. I think it's dark chocolate, a thin, thin layer of dark chocolate on the top. And then in the middle, they have this jelly layer of orange. Doesn't sound, well, it's like chocolate orange cake, basically, as a cookie. Ugh, I mean, it's really going to change your life and people eat it very differently. Some people just, you know, savage and just eat, eat it as you would a biscuit or a cookie. Other people nibble around the outside, suck out the little orangey thing. I mean, there's just lots of different ways to do it. So anyway, thank you, Anna, for bringing Jaffa Cakes back into my life. I'm now going to have to go and get some. Audrey says uh, that... um, So, oh my gosh, a brain not working yet. Audrey email telling us what she does while she listens to the podcast because that is another thing that I really like to know so she said here's what I do homework laundry drawing writing cooking and cleaning I also ended up naming my violin Diana from AOS which was Simmons implant in case you're not 
there yet. Doesn't really spoil too much, I suppose. Could be an implant anywhere, couldn't it? Which in turn, that in the show was named after my engagement ring because IRL in real life, I have named my engagement ring from Zach, Diana. Anyway, Audrey has named her violin Diana because I just love how classy and elegant the name sounds. So it's perfect for a violin. Couldn't agree more. On the subject of naming things, Ritwick's been on. A lovely email, lovely email, thank you for your email. But you did mention in there that you decided to name your laptop charger Lincoln because recently he has electrocuted me a couple of times. You see, I just feel like I love that. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters or inanimate objects related to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's a real wide range of perfect names for lots of things within your life like a laptop charger named Lincoln I mean that's just perfect can't wait to tell Luke that who plays Lincoln Luke Mitchell Lincoln hasn't arrived yet in our watch along because we are only at season one I forget where he comes in season two Oh, Lily, Lily's been on, said, I'm a ballet dancer, so I've been listening while warming up for class. It puts me in such a great mood. Also, Lily sent some great leopard print stickers for Liam the microphone. Lots of names for inanimate objects flapping around. Sorry about this. My microphone is called Liam. Uh, and Lily sent some a link to some stickers, so thanks so much. Okay, last one of what people do when they listen. Hunter says, when I listen to your podcast, I use it as a motivation to revise and study and it helps me relax and actually study my subjects instead of just use my study periods as time to mess around and use my phone. It's also a great way to cheer me up because your laugh is contagious. Oh, I love that. Thanks, Hunter. Also, Hunter, great name. I wonder if anyone watched Gladiators. Gladiators was a show in England where, how would you describe it? There were regular people contestants and you would go on an assault course and gladiators which were sort of like wrestlers would try and stop you competing the course and then you would also go up against them in strength challenges and you'd knock each other off various foam covered things oh my gosh I absolutely loved gladiators anyway hunter was my favorite gladiator so hunter you've got a great name Right, let me read a couple of reviews. We've had such good ones and then any minute now, I'll get on with it and we'll start this week's episode, which I haven't even said what it's called. This week's episode, number 112, is titled Seeds and it was written by Monica Awuzu-Breen and Jed Whedon. It was directed by Ken Fink. The logline is, while investigating a problem at S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, Coulson and May turn up unexpected information about Sky's parents. On the show this week, the show. Uh, sorry, I said there would be no singing. On the show this week is Christine Adams, who plays Agent Weaver, who is so wonderful. And I'm really excited to see her. She is currently on um, Black Lightning as Lynn. So she's in Atlanta at the moment. And I've been to Atlanta a couple of times and we always try and see each other when I'm there. She's just so brilliant. She's a fellow Brit and is one of the warmest people I've ever met and so generous with her advice. And I've really picked her brain about everything from when she was on the show and just since. I'm so excited to have her. She's a brilliant actress and also just 
a really lovely normal, no, not normal in a bad way, but just she's got her head screwed on and has had such a long career and is just so lovely and egoless and just so fun and funny and naughty and she's just brilliant. You'll absolutely love her if you don't already know her. And also we have Monica Awuzu-Breen who co-wrote this episode with Jed and who wrote amazing episodes on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and has just worked on every incredible show as a writer and EP and showrunner, such as Brothers and Sisters as an EP. I mean, oh my gosh, the stories. I just, an hour's not going to be long enough. Alias. Sorry, Augustine, that was probably really loud, but Alias, are you kidding me? And then also she showrun Midnight Texas and adapted those books for an incredible TV show. So she is amazing. And again, just has such a warmth about her and so, so lovely and caring while casually being an absolute writing and creative genius. She's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So I'm so excited about the guest this week. Zachary Burt Abel will be there and is going to have some really good stories about this episode. I don't want to spoil it, but yes, I'm excited to have that trio on. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to don my leopard print jacket and get on with it. But before that, the very important task of reading out some reviews. So I'm going to read this one first because I just absolutely love the title. We'll return in a moment. And Lil did by Emily Gumal. Such a great title, Emily. These podcasts are absolutely fantastic. Each week I participate in the YouTube lives and then I listen to the podcast afterwards again. It's a fantastic way for people to learn more about the BTS of the show and it's so fun because the show has ended but we still get sneak peeks of the world of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you so much, Emily. I love that and I just really enjoy the title. (laughs) Which one? Favourite podcast ever. How can I not write this one out? By Shahahan3. After watching all of season seven watch along live streams and seeing it become this podcast, I couldn't be happier. It's amazing that Elizabeth has done this for the fans and it's exciting to see all the different guests she has on every week. Her love for the show is unquestionable and she continues to draw more people to it. I love, love, love everything about it. Thank you so much. What a gorgeous review. Oh my gosh, right. Well, oh, let's just do one more. Ella Marie says... Calling all AOS fans, many S's, and a emoji that's, I use it all the time. What would you call it? Like a party. Oh my gosh, what do you call that? You know, it's the thing that you blow at parties. Oh my gosh, what is that called? A a party. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to Google it. Do you know the emoji I mean? It's, um, oh my gosh, I use it all the time. It's the little celebrating one and he's at a party and he's got a little hat on. Right, what would my Google be? Party mm, blow... Party blow a name came up. Oh, a party horn! So, it's called the thing that you blow at parties and they make a, you know, a sound. I'm talking about more children's parties, maybe. It's called a party horn, party blower, party pipe, party elephant, party blowout, party noisemaker, or blow tickler. So, there you go is a horn formed from a paper tube, often one that is flattened and rolled into a coil, and which unrolls when blown into, producing a horn-like noise. Gosh, Wikipedia. They just give and give and give, don't they? Right, so, (laughs) 
Ella, after putting that party horn emoji, says, if you're interested in going into the film industry or an AOS lover, this podcast is definitely for you. It's hilarious, loaded with juicy BTS and exclusive stories from the cast and film crew themselves. If you haven't already, listen in, you won't regret it. Gosh, what a brilliant review. Thank you so much for that. It really read nicely. (laughs) So thank you. And you learn a new thing every day, a party horn. Would not have known what to call that. I was thinking of a party popper, which is the thing that you pull and confetti comes out of it. But a party horn, mm, different. Right, I would love to end, maybe, maybe end, maybe one more email, on a wonderful email from Abby who writes, Hi Elizabeth, I just wanted to write in to say thank you for doing this podcast. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. means so much to me and this podcast is a wonderful extension of it. In 2013, I turned 15 and started to experience a lot of pain. I was later diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic pain, and have been in constant pain ever since. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the show that I turned to to escape my health problems and I would binge it when I was bedbound due to extreme pain. Because this show has got me through such difficult times, I was really sad when it ended as I feel the show walked beside me during the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. Your podcast has become just as important to me and is sure to brighten my day and even make the most difficult pain days better. Thank you so much for taking the time to engage with us and letting us relive the show with you. I cannot fully express how much you doing this means to me. Lots of love, Abby. Oh my gosh, Abby. I can't quite express what that email means to me. I, I'm so sorry that you are going through such horrendous and chronic pain and I just can't thank you enough for your email. That makes me just feel so, oh, just so inspired by you and I just love that this can help you through some of those hard times and we've had a few emails this week of people finding it tough at the moment and it being quite lonely and that maybe this can help people feel less lonely and hopefully bring a bit of joy and inspiration so Abby thank you so much for your email you just sound like the strongest person and I I just thank you for sharing that with us and I'm so glad that in some small way it's helping and oh gosh I hope you get some relief right now (laughs) so thank you so much I really appreciate your email thank you to everybody that's emailed thank you for everybody that's left a review and rated and subscribed and for those of you out there that may be feeling a little bit lonely I totally get it and you do have friends in the live with Lil podcast we love and appreciate every single one of you our Lil Puds thank you for being here thank you for listening along I cannot believe we're at episode 12 already and with a little bonus episode in between. So without further ado, may I introduce you to episode 112 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. titled Seeds. Let's get on with it. Thanks for being here. Welcome to level seven. This is actually a bit thrilling. Someone really wanted our initials to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. We have a small but active fan base. We are unstoppable together. You guys are my family. We never move on. We hold that place in our heart even after we say goodbye. We are not agents of nothing. We are agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you so much for being here. I was just um, introducing Monica as writer extraordinaire, and then you are actor extraordinaire. Thank you. Um, Thank you for being here, both of you. I get um, 
so excited when I watch episodes. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I can ask the best people ever to be on here. Do you know, when's the last time you saw um, any of the first season? Well, I guess you've been watching these episodes, right? Yeah, I've been watching them, but I hadn't watched them since they came out when I started. Yeah. I, I imagine you guys look really young. Oh my gosh, well, you look the exact same. Yeah, obviously, I haven't changed at all. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing beauty. I oh, wish I was with you. I know. Um, let, I know. Let's press play because uh, otherwise I'll just waffle on forever. And if, and if you see me on my phone, I'm not being rude. I'm on the chat and there's going to be questions flying yeah. in left, right, and center. So that's what I'm doing. And maybe ordering Uber Eats. I'm not going to make any yeah. promises. You can order two. Okay. Yes, no, if you're going to do an Uber Eats, just be like this so that we... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm at the Marvel flip. Okay. So let me just press play then and get to the flip. Idea. ABC me ooh, ooh, so, so we can do like a three, two, one. Okay, well, I'm on the previously on Agents oh, of Shield. You go to the flip. You go to the flip. But I'm here. Right. You you press play you know, and go to the flip and then pause. It's like here. I think. I'm, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. My, that's my flip. It was just the red marvel, right? Just the red. Okay. Let me get to the red. Just keep going back to the ABC um thing of me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that takes a while. Is, it, is Marvel Flip coming up? Yeah. <laughs> Are you nervous? Five, five minutes later. You're stressing. Yeah, we're still there. Yeah, yeah. We're still there. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's perfect because when it flips, then we can press play because it's oh yeah, the brain, the brain. Now, do you want me to pause or am I just going to say flip like that? <laughs> oh, I like flip. I yeah, like let's flip. just let's get our remotes ready. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, 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 oh that's it. Go. Flip. Oh, um, I also have a stopwatch today. Playing for people in case they join halfway through. But is this backwards for you, these numbers? Mm -mm. Uh -huh. Right way around? No. Wow. On mine, it looks backwards on my screen. How clever is that? Live with Lil Budget is going up. <laughs> it's going up. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Good. So this is going up. Right now, is everyone watching it? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Everyone is watching it. Yes. Yeah. Swimming pool. Okay. okay. We're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. Um, Christine, how did you get to be Agent Weaver? Because through you Mo. Through Mo. Yes, I was gonna say is it yeah. Yeah, so, so Mo, Mo's very good friends with um, Rashida. Um, and I had played Rashida's um best friend in a show in London years and years and years ago and Mo came out and stayed with her for quite a while and uh, you know we hung out and then obviously years later when she became a baller showrunner she was like Ooh, I'm gonna get you a part in my show <laughs> <laughs> she did. 
and not just because we're friends, obviously, because I'm an immense talent, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so were you, you, live, you were living in LA at that point though, right? You'd since yeah. moved to America. Since I moved to America in 2003, yeah. Yeah, so I was out there sort of doing, you know, doing the rounds, doing the auditions and um, yeah. And then I, and I came in as Agent Weaver and, and it, it, then they weren't sort of sure how recurring she, she was going to be. I think initially it was sort of two episodes, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, that there was more to her story. So it was good. Oh, you were just such a breath of fresh air on the set. And it was so oh, nice you. to have somebody that was had you know I, we, we were all just still so new and I feel like so you were so cute because <laughs> so you were like I'd say like anything and they'd be like you'd be like wisdom wisdom <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just like saying stuff um but it was <laughs> it was so sweet but, but it was also lovely for me to just be you know it was lovely that it was such a mixed cast of Brits and you know obviously yeah. Ian and well, you know your show more than any show I've ever worked on had such a kind of mix of nationalities and um, it just made it feel very global and fun and cosmopolitan and like you know all these sort of cultures clashing but in a really fun way. Yeah was that something very intentional Monica to get people from sort of around the globe? Uh, and I think sometimes I feel like Jed and Marissa created a world that reflected their world. Right. So it wasn't singular. It wasn't singular nationality. It wasn't singular racially. And it felt very inclusive because mm. it was inclusive from the top, which is yeah. rare and wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So how does that happen, Monica? Like, does it take a showrunner like yourself or Mo and Jed saying, um, you know, this is, this is our manifesto, like, does it, is that hard to- It's sometimes subjective too. Like some people, like I've been in casting sessions where it's like, they would never love each other. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a lot of judgments. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like I, my first job, my, my boss didn't believe in interracial relationships. And so, and I have a white husband. So it's so funny. Cause he was like, oh my God, did you see her husband? And I was like, yeah. I felt like I was like a lizard and a frog as friends, but like, it was just weird. So like, I, I just feel like people bring their biases and their loves. And yeah. so sometimes they don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's harder not to know now. Yeah, thank God. But <laughs> when you were in that position, Monica, were you, oh my gosh, there's Agent Weaver. She's I know, here. I'm just like, oh, there she is. I'm just realizing this is the episode that I was originally in, isn't it? I just realized that. I know, I was thinking about that and then, cause I have no short term memory and no long term memory either. But um, I was like, did that actually happen? Or did I, did we talk about it and it didn't happen? Cause I was like watching the beginning. I was like, wait a minute, Dylan Minette, Daniel Zavada. That's my episode. That is, I was in this. Did you guys, is that how you guys met? I don't know your um your love story. Oh my gosh, Monica, get the wine, quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, the fights. <laughs> yeah. We've been dating for a year before this. So this was one of those like um 
we've got a great actually you auditioned you auditioned for it yeah yeah you know what it, it was like the time where the budgets kept getting cut and cut and cut and you'd be like can we hold on to the can we hold on to this and, oh we didn't get that scene oh, <laughs> i know well it was it you shot it and then it was cut for time and we oh, have it yeah, like, yeah. For money. yeah i have that scene ready. but agent you, tad lives on yeah we should say right. when we get to that point zach we should um we should explain what the scene is because then that would make more sense there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was in there. <laughs> I do just want to go back to what you were saying, Monica, about I just think that's so funny. Even like I don't you know, don't believe in interracial relationships. You know, I think one of the things just kind of bringing it back to the show and just, you know, generally with what's happening in TV at the moment and what we've been yeah. doing in Black Lightning. I think like a lot of times pe people like yourselves, Monica, creators, people like Mo and Jed, you just have to like put it out there that it you know, and not wait for permission for executives to be like well I don't know that I've seen an interracial couple it's like you know what it's like you, you yeah. almost have to make it so that they have to articulate something yeah. a lot. I mean and I think a lot of times I'll be like I'm not gonna say that so okay yeah. um sometimes you just, have to just do it and show it and I think that's you know you guys have done a really Good, good job of showing that diversity and just representation yeah. you know obviously you've got the amazing marvel framework you know which right. in which anything can sort of exist but i think that um that is it's so important just to kind of just do it that just feels like the only way we kind of get these advances right. in in tv right exactly yeah. Just, yeah. yeah it's just a shame that it takes the person at the top to do it like when you said that Monica about when your boss said that to you did you were you in a position to be able to say anything back or like it was my first job but he had said so many offensive things and I have a really weird sense of humor so I started finding his stories really funny um so <laughs> he would call me the PC police I have a son who's autistic and there was an episode of a show I shall not name where they wanted, he wanted to send a kid with Down syndrome to another universe where he could be happy. And I said, well, that's the meanest thing I've ever heard. And you're saying on our planet, a person who with special needs can't be happy. And then he was like, oh, you take things so personally. But it was just funny because I was like, no, I, I that's just wrong. Yeah. 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 But um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the times were so different. Very it different, so yeah. Different. It was like spelling TV, and they had a whole thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. It was. It's a learning experience. I don't what take I it for granted, and I have to say, watching Jed and Marissa was like, holy smokes, this is how you can be a boss, as so, opposed to being mean or yelling. Yeah or just pleasing the higher ups. Like they were so honest and earnest in the best way that I, I was like, oh, so you don't have to be awful mm. to do this. Cause there was a lot of times where I'm like, do I want to go back to school? Because I hate being awful. Well, and now you're, you can be running shows and be the boss and be the head of the righteous room and lead in a way that you know already exists, but then in a way that you would like, you have to be led. It was a good example, because sometimes I think you don't know how to step into certain roles 
And so you watch your bosses and right. then you're stepping in and you're like, well, this suit doesn't fit at all. And so it's really nice to have seen Marissa and being like, I can wear that suit like that. Like that's a different way to wear, that's because she wouldn't yell, but she liked what she liked. Mm -hmm. She didn't like what she didn't like. She didn't throw tantrums about it. She didn't have to throw her weight around. It was just very matter of fact, like, now I'm gonna do this. This is how I want it. Thank you. And it was so, it was such a, like, I had not seen that ever. So she saved me. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And just talking about being the boss, Christine, seeing yeah. you in your slick suit as Agent Weaver, um, you just did the scene where you're, you know, addressing the assembly. Yeah. And I was watching this before. And do you love as an actor when you get to do a speech and the other people on the other side of the camera are paid to like laugh and nod? Yeah. Well, I actually also, I generally, I have a real soft spot for background artists and their oh, work. Yeah. and I spend a lot of time watching and observing them and 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 you know you get really good ones who are really committed and I love those dudes and those those gals who um really just they're like you know you are not making the money but you are you're there, you're there. I, I really do I really it really there's something about it that really you know because that that is commitment like it doesn't they're all part of the scene you know so I love that and I also love the terrible ones as well um who who get very awkward I find that hilarious you know when they're asked to sort of walk past you and they suddenly forget don't they sort of how they walk like the, or you know, just you're just standing, you're just waiting as you would. They suddenly start doing this sort of weird pants, yeah. fake watch. <laughs> He's not even wearing a watch. So... I do that though. As soon as someone goes, okay, all you need to do in a scene is say this one line or this one word or just stand there and look natural. It is That's all it. of a sudden the hardest thing to do because it then is. you're focusing on this one yeah. thing. Yeah, one and line's I, harder I, than fifty. That's for sure. Yes. Really. So one line is often harder than like 50. Yeah, it really is. And um, I actually was told, and I think probably it's true of all actors that we do make terrible background artists. <laughs> we don't know how to sort of keep it small enough for it to be real. So uh, one of our producers said, Christine, you're the worst background artist I've ever seen in my life. You're just supposed to be background, okay? Right. waving your arms out. It's a hard skill because you have to be just present enough, but not so caught up that you take attention away. So it's this weird balance of you're sort of in the world, but not really. Don't 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 do too much. Just yeah. calm down. Yeah. It's, yeah. This doesn't involve you. And yeah. that's, that's a lot to ask. And yeah. listening acting is, I think, one of the hardest things. I had to do a scene the other day with our villain in the show who's phenomenal. And it was basically me listening. I felt bloody exhausted by the end of the day because, you know, really listening in a way that's real. Yeah. It's a skill. It so, is in real life too. It absolutely Not a lot of people know how to listen. Absolutely. Yeah, especially on a Zoom where you are looking at yourself as well as looking at the other person. Oh my <laughs> God. Writers' <laughs> Zooms are hard. Are they? 
Yeah, what's that yeah, like now? What is it? What is a writer's room like now in COVID? Like, what does it's like that? Like the Brady Bunch, right? Because um, I think it, one of the interesting things I think is like the blowhard can't take up as much space anymore because it's not like there's like oh I can take up you just can't everyone is in the same box. Interesting. So, oddly, like it, it's I feel like people who are used to talking a lot feel really frustrated because right. you can't like the scene isn't the same. People aren't hanging on your every word in the same way, um, which, you know, is both good and bad, I guess. I, I can't, t I get bored watching screens. And when yeah. I was having a writer's room, I didn't want to watch TV and I kind of have to watch TV. So I, it's a, it was a weird thing being like, oh, I can't stare at anything anymore. I just want to listen to podcasts. <laughs> is it hard to be creative in that space? You know, like, is it hard to be creative in the space of, and similarly to you, Christine, with all the new restrictions that are coming, I know I'm shooting something right now and it's, you know, it's just that there's a lot of layers of protocols in place now, as there should be, as there needs to be. But like, I guess to both of you, do you, how do you still stay creative in a time where there's a lot of stress and also just everything's a bit different? Um, for me as an actor, I mean, yes, obviously there's all the protocols now and the testing and, but one of the things, I mean, I, do, I sort of feel particularly lucky because we're kind of the only people on the set that get to take our masks off and do the work. Right. actually in lots of ways even with all the protocols I feel that we're quite lucky because we get to do our job it remains intact in in the sense of the acting experience remains the same for us yeah we have to put the mask on when they call Kurt and all that but in that moment when I sat down and did my scene with Marvin we're doing our acting so actually yeah. it's that's, that's why I'm so happy to be back at work because actually it's one of the only things where I can look at people's faces and they can put mine and we can have that connection. So we are quite lucky, I think, in, in that way. Well, that's how, that's my take on it. Do you feel yeah. an energy shift when you take the mask yeah. off? It's like suddenly it's like you're on, right? A thousand percent. And, and at first it was, the, the, when we sort of first, I don't know how it works for you, Liz, but like they wanted us, we were doing our rehearsals with the mask on. Yeah. And I, I just, so basically what was happening, we, we, we weren't seeing each other's faces until cameras were actually right. like about to roll. Right. And I found that so hard. I just felt like I needed to see the actor's face right. before mm -hmm. the camera was rolling. Like, what, what am I? I maybe that's not really simplistic, but I, you know, I had to like duke it out with the COVID team. And I was like, I, I need to rehearse this. We need, to, I need to see, I need to see his face. It's just, that's, right. this is it right here, this whole thing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that is for you, Liz, but um, yeah, I'm happy that I get to have some of my day be maskless and real. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are so lucky in that. And I think it's one of, I thought it would be uh, a bit, I was saying to Monica, like maybe a bit more clinical, like not feel as 
playful, but there is this release of, oh my gosh, this is the time we get to do it. And everybody's worked so hard for us to be able to do this right now. So, you know, all those writers on the Zooms, like every Zoom was to help with this moment. And <laughs> yeah, it makes you appreciate everything more, I think, for a lot of people. But I guess, Monica, yours is, is super different being on screens, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't like the writer's room as much, but I love writing more. Wow. Um, because I don't have to be in the world. And the mm -hmm. world is less fun than stories right now. And it's like, oh, ghosts are easy. Pandemics oh, Yeah. At the beginning of the pandemic, and part of it is writing science fiction, I was like, I played this scenario out in my mind, and at some point I'm gonna turn the faucet and there's no water, and we're gonna be, <laughs> Like I'm gonna kill myself in bed because it's not, like I started like over, I, I started thinking about the post-apocalyptic scenario of a pandemic. Yeah, what's the next that. And then I was yeah. like, oh, just focus on these other stories you're writing. Don't put your dramatic lens on what's happening in the world because then you get scared. Yeah. And I can't predict anything. So I'm always wrong. So I'm just like, <laughs> It's good to have that creative outlet that comes alive in times of struggle. You know, I think that's something that is very cool about writing is that really all you need is a paper and a pen or a laptop and a keyboard, you know? Right. No, and it's interesting. I was watching, I was watching um, S.H.I.E.L.D. to prepare for this and I was like, I like heroes. We yeah. need your ethical, smart people like I love that Fitz and Simmons are super smart and it, they might be lonely because of it but they still have like smart is meaningful yeah it was awesome to go to the academy and see all the you know see Sky being introduced to it and then the Fitzsimmons are the cool people there and oh, like you know Ace Weaver is just this like badass star scientist star scientist leader that we fangirl over it was just I know, cool. it was really cool yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of the Academy, uh, I'm, I'm going to fly in with a question from the chat. Fly in, fly in, fly in. Uh, Louise Pask asks, what was it like introducing the Academy and especially getting a glimpse into the boiler room? What was that process like in the writer's room and developing that? Great. It was fun to think about, okay, if you put the smartest people in the world, how would they experience school? Like what would their university, like you take any college bar and then you put brilliance in it. And so we kind of had fun with that idea of what would college look like if everyone was way smarter and they had better resources. Yeah. And so that was really fun. I also liked that, you know, it sort of played in the nerd, not nerd, but they were all cool. They were all smarter than everyone. And I thought, I like this. I love smart people and I love sci writing scientists because they, as opposed to like just having weird devices, like for someone to imagine how you would actually execute a weird device, I think is really cool. Mm. How do you research that? And like how, how much science do you need to dig into for those things? Or do you come up with a concept and then go, let's figure out how the science would work? Yeah, right. That, that, like, we used to do that all the time on Fringe, but we'd be like, okay, invisibility. If you were to make someone invisible, how would that go? And <laughs> sometimes you had 
to do a, because sometimes the scientists will be like, you can't. And I'm like, okay, an octopus changes color. What if we did that? And they'd be like, oh. So like, it was like this weird mix of like, I want to make science work for me. Yeah. Tell me how to do that. And then if you don't have the imagination, I'll just keep bothering you with different scenarios yeah. until one of them, you're like, well, that could sort of work maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, That's so interesting. So many people have said to me about they've been inspired to do science and that science is, yeah. And it's so amazing. And it's, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm really happy about that. I love that like kids want to do science. There's a lot of, by the way, what a fun job to have as well, where you're like, let's like think of something that you could do some crazy superpower. Like what if you could grow wings? Okay, how could you do that? Like what a fun <laughs> way to spend your day. And this is why I can't recommend, you know, highly enough for people, you know, storytelling, being storytellers, writers, actors, directors, producers, it, it it's like it's such a noble and worthy and fun thing to do and it really like you say um Liz it doesn't really depend on anyone I mean creating stories is you know we can all do that now you know so I, I what I just it that just sounds amazing to sit in a room and kind of come up with these I ideas mean, you know it's great it's the best yeah when yeah, it's right. bad, it's bad yeah, that's like anything though, isn't yeah. it? I mean, well, it's like you're trapped in a room though. <laughs> you're trapped in a room for 12 hours. So like, if you don't, if it's bad, it can start feeling like the shining in certain ways. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm gonna hurt someone. If yeah, I, red I, rum I, on the bed. Like, are you talking about like, if there isn't a good chemistry in the room? Yeah, I mean, the, it's like anything else. Like sometimes there's some people who want to be drill sergeants, but they're not in the military. They're in the writer's room in Hollywood. And then there are the people who really want to be the, it just, it, like it, there's a lot of different personalities at the head of things. And like I said, Marissa and Jed were like, oh, it yeah. could be done with decency and kindness. And I also think it's real, it's also exhausting. It's an exhausting job and as exhausting as anyone who works on set. And so if you're not nice to one another, it could be really demoralizing because like after 12 hours, you're like, come on, just let's not make this any worse than it needs to be people. Yeah. We just get to make up stuff for a living. Why are we yelling? Yeah. <laughs> We lucked out. We won the global lottery of jobs. <laughs> Let's just be happy. Amen. Speaking well, of, we, we always talk about this, but how did the book, what were your paths into developing your craft and like entry into the business? Because that's always really interesting for people to hear. So how did you get started? Great question. I went... I wanted to be a storyteller, but my, my parents didn't believe there were jobs besides doctor and lawyer. I think it's the immigrant parents of all, the sto that's the story. And I went to college and I studied writing, but I didn't have this, I don't know, I didn't have the balls. 
And so I um, became a coordinator on music video for a year. And then I worked at a prosthetics appliances place for a year. And then I went back to graduate school to study film theory and feminist film theory and television. And, and then my best friend in graduate school is like, you wanna write a script? Cause we were both getting our dissertation and we're like, oh, it's hard to write it. And we just wrote a script and then another and then another. And then it just happened and I realized I was kind of meant to do it because I mean, my college essay was about how bored I was in my own life. So I pretended I was a spy every time I went home from the video store. Um, I pretended the video I was carrying was gonna be a bomb. And so I feel like, you know, sometimes you seamlessly fall into something and it was kind of meant to be, even though I'm not superstitious, but I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know anyone. We just sat at a Barnes and Noble when there were still bookstores and wrote 250 query letters Whoa. and got one yes. So that's an amazing story. Cool. Is that person still writing? Yep. And we're wow. still really close. She ran Altered Carbon last season. She's awesome. Wow. That's amazing. Oh yeah, she's the best. Oh my gosh. That's a TV, that's another TV show right there. Oh, I love her. I miss her. I wish oh we could gosh. write together, but. And that's such a great point too, when you're around people that encourage you, yes. there's nothing like creating that community regardless, you know, Christine, you must get the question all the time. Yeah, of like, how do you do it? And how do you get started? And is it ever too late? And the, my first thing I say is try to find people that love to do it too. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, having that community. Really good advice. That's really good advice. I'm going to remember that one actually when people ask me because I think depending on where you're at as well in your career, Monica, you can probably attest to this. Sometimes when people ask you about how do I get into the business, sometimes the answer can be, you know, a little bit barbed if you're not having a great moment and sometimes, right. you know, there's more positivity around it. But I mean, for me, it was kind of just, um, I was a performer just from a very young age, not a child actor no. at all. Cause my mum also an immigrant, um, although she didn't really push the doctor thing. Luckily she just sort of had no idea. So she just, <laughs> she just said things like, you know, you can be whatever you want because that she didn't have that opportunity. So thank God for that. Right. But um, so I was always just a natural performer and I liked the attention that I got from doing it. If it was in the classroom, I was a really good mimic. I wasn't a good student, but I was <laughs> a good um, entertainer. Yes. And it was kind of one of those things that it, it was inevitable. And actually when I, years ago, when I saw some friends at a wedding that I hadn't seen since, you know, school days, they all said, Christine, it, it was so obvious that this is what you were going to do. I mean, you know, you would leap off desks, oh. leap out, you know, it would just burst into awesome. like all the time. And, um, and I think, you know, I was an only child, single mum, spent a lot of time on my own. And I think you just, it's, that's a real furtive playground isolation. And, I, and I'm super happy in my own company actually, and always have been. Um, and I think part of that is that I've, I really had no problem just being, you know, in, I just, it was just endless, the you right. know, world of, of play. So, you know, it didn't, 
it it wasn't it still took me a long time to become a professional actor but it was just always there it was just this dry even when I didn't even know how to how to articulate right. it was just mm -hmm. a driving like what is this feeling why does it feel good why do I want to keep doing it why does it feel awful why do I need it it just all of that it's so fascinating the, I could never do acting classes because I can't trust fall I don't trust Right. I don't have a college class because I'm like, I don't trust you. I mean, I don't trust my husband. I can't do a trust. And it was this interesting thing where like, I have so much admiration for actors because they can fall into each other. They have, there's this level of trust that you have to have that I don't, I, I'm just, I guess we're wired to be who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need someone like you making sure that we don't fall when yeah, we trust no. people. We need to write as a... Exactly, we got trust in the words because they know and each up. other and each other. Because uh, I, I don't know about you, Liz, but I really am not great just standing up and speaking off the cuff. Oh, horrendous! I'm horrendous. Horrendous, I and cry. you know what? Quite often people ask us, don't they? Yeah, yes. you come and you know, speak at this or speak at my wedding or be the MC. I mean, I've been asked to MC bar mitzvahs and all sorts. Cause you- Is that a skill? I, love, I know, I love, I love my people, but- <laughs> <laughs> But I'm always sort of mortified because, you know, I'm only good when I have people like Monica writing the words. Oh my gosh. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, so it's interesting, isn't it, as actors? Yeah. I there's a difference between being, being being an actor and being, you know, someone who is a great public speaker, which right. I'm actually not really. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, last day speech, all the actors were making these amazing, Ming did an amazing speech about how much everybody meant to her and Clark, every, you know, people were oh. like wiping their eyes. Comes for me and all I do is just go, that's, <laughs> that's it, that's it, the whole thing. I mean, so standard. Um, talking about actors, Zach, yeah. can we talk about how you were an actor in this episode, even though it didn't get aired? It did, can yes, you, it didn't air, yes. Can you talk about that process? Because I've been desperate to get to this episode so that we can hear about this. Yes, I'm trying to think exactly how it, it came through the grapevine that a part was coming up, I think. And I think it actually came... I want to say that Mo may have said something to you or said something as like, Zach would work for this part. And so I came in and I think I actually read for the role that ended up going to Daniel, what's his, was it Zapata? Is that how you say his last name? I think it went to him ultimately. Um, and then they said, well, there's another role that you would be good for. And that was Agent Tad. And so then I ended up getting cast on that. I was like, this is super exciting. I mean, this is, this is amazing. And then we, I think we're Daniel shooting down. Zavato. Zavato, okay. Um, so he, he got the initial role that I went in for. And I think I read in front of, weren't you in the room too, Monica? Yeah, yeah. And it was over at Culver, second floor next to the right. Yeah. Um, Which is not an easy thing to do because when you know the people, you know, we'd- It was probably the most- the time. Yeah. I've never been more nervous for an audition. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I know them and they know me. And then Will's on the show and I was like- I'm going to see them after this. I can't just- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Ooh. Yeah, I was I was definitely very nervous. And then um, and then we shot it downtown, and it was awesome. It was a great great part. But I the funny part of it was I played. You were quite the how would you like female Lothario? Is that how you would say it? At, like it, at the Shield Academy, like you were kind of a a player. Well, was it someone's kind of a player? Chloe is just killing this scene right now. I remember this day. I keep getting distracted by her mm -hmm. amazing acting. She was just, she just cried all day that day. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Simmons was, had been around. Like she, and that's what I love too, Monica, about you showing this world of kind of geeky scientists that they also are fully rounded out people. Yeah. And Simmons as a woman has, is uh, like- Has a, a past. You know, a fully functioning yeah. woman that like yeah. has died. It's so sad when you're like, that's a big deal, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't It didn't play in the scenes as a big deal when we did no. it. It was just like- It didn't want it to be a big deal. It didn't feel yeah. like it should be a big deal. Totally. So just to explain what the scene was that ended up getting cut, this episode, I feel like ended up being really long, wasn't long, it? Like yeah. 10 yeah. minutes over. So there was a few different things that had to be cut, if I remember. Well, there's um, so much that goes on in it that are oh, integral to yes. plot progression that, yeah. Yeah. And Dylan is just so amazing in this. So much TGI and so, this is such a huge episode. It was a big um, episode. Uh, but the scene that we did, Zach, that got cut, it was Simmons and Sky were having a drink and it was like a almost like a, a page monologue from me and then you came then you came up because it was the whole thing of like sky couldn't believe that we were cool at this place yeah and yeah. i was saying yeah of course i am and she, and uh just because i'm a scientist doesn't mean i can't be cool and la, la, la. but it was all like a chill conversation and then zach's character comes up and it's like Hey Simmons, you never called me back. It turned out we <laughs> yeah. I never called him back. <laughs> yeah, I was a complete like Simmons simp. Is basically like what it was. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. It was such a fun scene, and then you were this good-looking guy, and Sky just loved it. She couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun one. <laughs> and it was fun because of our real life relationship and then the dynamic in the scene. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great for Elizabeth to be like, oh, sorry, <laughs> didn't call you back. <laughs> different, very different. Um, this, Monica, when you are given a script, when you're told like you're going to write this script or when you say, I want to write this episode, how did you, because so much happens in this in terms of Sky's family, uh, Coulson keeps like discovering uh, what happened and he now knows We're that- up to a giant turn. Yeah. There was like that first part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I it was hard. It was a really hard show because there's so much and every episode is so jam-packed and then you have another cinematic universe to account for in the subtext. So yeah, no, but I feel like this was the first episode where I'm like, all right, I think I can write this show. Like, I feel like I was like, all right, I, I'm getting this, but it was, it was, it, yeah, no, there was a lot. There was, there was, then we were introducing Quinn. I yeah. forgot Quinn completely. And yes. then oh, right. he was involved. <laughs> and it was interesting because the whole episode kind of rested on Dylan being awesome. Oh, and, and he, he was awesome. He really is yeah. a great actor, yeah. isn't he? 
such oh a so lovely and he was young here baby yeah i know and i remember just hanging out with him on the zorro parking lot um yeah I mean, Disney. and what's happened to him you know it's like yeah, yeah. Where is he now? what's he doing i mean <laughs> he's never heard of him again <laughs> yeah. i know I was, <laughs> my youngest was listening to a song and a little music video he's looking at it i'm like i think i know him and he's got a band too yeah yes. that awesome yeah so like, endlessly talented people endlessly. i know, I know. Yeah. it's disgusting it really is how dare they hog so many talents i know, I know. <laughs> you have music you can't have other ones exactly <laughs> i agree monica yeah. talking about your vote your parent um Monica, about you saying about they wanted you to like be a doctor or something kind of more sensible. No. Uh, my mom is a doctor and she really wanted me to be a doctor. And this scene, I remember being so excited to call her and be like, hey, so um, here's what happens. So this <laughs> collapses because he's had all this crazy oh, stuff going on. And then I come in and try and then she's like, oh, that just, that works, you know, 1% of the time. And it's like, oh no, I'm not quite there yet. Like you gave, you gave my mom like the second best option she could have hoped for with me being like somewhat medical. And, and it's, a, it's really one of those careers that if you don't want to do it, you really don't want to do it. Like you really, have, like you're just like, well, that's a lot of schooling to not do something I want to do. I know. Is that Maggie, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's our it's our it's our dog dog okay. how is maggie she's good, she's good. She's, she has a weird cough so that was it yeah yeah it's like a reverse sneeze apparently you have to rub i think it, she just learns that when she does it we just pick her up and rub her all over yeah. you know it does help well can i ask oh, a question about that and this is such a diversion but do, does she pull on the leash uh she wears a harness so she doesn't have it around her neck but, but she does so she doesn't pull or anything no it's like an allergy it's thing like apparently allergy yeah. yeah yeah and maggie doesn't really walk she's quite stately in which she likes to be carried so. <laughs> that's true you carry her around is this a good place <laughs> yeah love her <laughs> um such great things happening between Coulson and May as well. Oh my God, this, I rewatched it and I remembered, oh, May was sleeping with Ward. I forgot that bit. I forgot that too early on. <laughs> and I love it. She just comes right out and says it in this episode to Coulson. Yeah. Like, we fought in the room about that. I'm like, she wouldn't preamble. She wouldn't preamble. Woman doesn't want to ask permission. Was that a discussion of how she would say it and whether yeah. she would? Oh, oh, oh your box fallen. Oh, no. It's still oh. going. Okay. Um, yeah, no, there was a big discussion. Would she? And if so, how? But it just felt like she wouldn't be apologetic. Oh. Yeah. And I love that about all the characters. None of them are apologetic. Every, you know, and as, I think it's especially nice for females and female British, uh, like, I don't know how you feel, Christine, but it's like, 
as a British woman, I spend 90% of my day apologizing for something. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it makes us endearing, I suppose, but did it feel nice to get to play someone like Agent Weaver that was... Yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky, I think. I've always played very sort of strong, you know, ironically, because I was such a terrible student, and yet I always sort of seem to play brainiacs of some sort, which I think is (laughs) very funny. And, you know, that's that, for whatever reason, that's a quality that I have, you know, it's not true I mean I, I didn't even get my maths GCSE I tried but yeah but you are wise you you say like I keep saying you're wise you are a wise right. woman um, <laughs> I've got street smarts but um yeah I've always been lucky that I've played sort of um sort of smart and and strong women who are unapologetic um so in some ways I might I think I might have sort of bypassed that that sort of English uh, let me apologize and I think I've also lived here long enough to really take on that American you know whatever you want to call it you know I think what do we want to call it today confidence, yes. <laughs> confidence? we'll take that yeah confidence well that's such a great way to not end this but the episode has just ended I just paused my clock so people know and this is the point that we invite unless there's other questions you're burning to ask from the chat Zach I think bring someone in I mean there's been a lot of questions but the conversation has flowed so well that I've just kind of engaged here so let's bring some people (laughs) um okay so I'm going to invite who shall we Eva in to ask a question and then uh who should we hi eva and the hi. hi hi how are you Hello. i'm good i'm gonna mute it on here so that it doesn't there we go hi hi do you have a question i do I love actually your top is amazing. Does it say positivity on it? It does. It says positivity is everything. Oh, love yes. it. Yeah. So um, my question is um, for you, Elizabeth. So you have to go to some extreme emotional places during the show. Um, my favorite being the containment module scene in 606. Um, how did you get to those places consistently and did it get easier? Um, I think uh, I love that scene too. I think (laughs) what Christine was saying, when the writing is good, uh, as an actor, you just believe it because it's good writing. The hardest is when you have to somehow make this writing sound real and that that can make it really difficult. So I don't know. I I do think it also gets easier, as we were saying, to trust. You've really got to trust the people around you and yourself that if it comes, great, and if it doesn't, It's almost like the less work you do, the easier those scenes are, especially like crying scenes and stuff. If you're constantly overthinking it, you'll just get in your own way. How how do you feel about that, Christine? Yes, same probably. They are quite hard because I think for me, I sort of have to go there in some way. I have to go somewhere in my mind. Yeah. Is to allow myself to get to that, sort of dark place 
which is not my favorite thing to do as an actor, but that's how I have to do it because I yeah. don't know how to fake it. So I have to draw on something, just I have to go in and, um, you know, different actors have different things that they reflect on. And um, so that for me, it, those those scenes are hard just because I think those days are physically quite hard, aren't they? When you're in that sort of negative space all day. And, yeah. you know, especially I just had a, my character had a terrible drug addiction on my show last year. So I spent like every day, you know, no makeup, fishing drugs out of the toilet, you know, begging my daughter to forgive me. Like that's physically and emotionally, it definitely, it, it, it's definitely challenging, but you know, I think if you want to do it well, then you sort of have to you have to go there a little bit. That that's that's my that's my trick anyway. Yeah, and do you find how do you get back from that? Do you have a way to? Because hmm. they don't uh, teach you that really. We uh, don't. Yeah, I'm a college musical theater major, and they they say you know we work on emotional prep, but it's hard to get out of it sometimes. What do you do, Liz? Like, if you had a day, like that day when you shot that scene, do you remember what you did after work that day? Um, I think I just, I think even just acknowledging that you're going to, because for me, I feel a bit strange the day before, I, like my body starts to prepare for scenes like that. And then afterwards, there's that sense of relief if it went well, but then it's just exhaustion, really. I think it's taking care. I don't plan anything for that evening. It's really helpful going home to Zach because he gets it as an actor. I think it's just having people around you that know this is going to be, you know, he'll have the chocolates and the wine there when I get home. <laughs> and to know it's not real. I think you have to keep telling your brain, this isn't real, this isn't real, I'm fine you're fine um yeah but it's a it is it's taxing for sure thank you thank you for your question Evie. uh eva sorry yeah and thank you for pronouncing it right too <laughs> oh good oh good um talking about pronouncing gracia gracia it's gracia gracia oh that sounds so much nicer do you have a question yeah um i was wondering that when when you directed the episode in season seven, was it hard to be directing it, but also be a part of the episode? Um, yes and no. I think, uh, uh, yes and no. I think it was nice in some ways to be the actor and not have to worry about the directing for a second. I mean, I was still directing it, but it was nice to just hop into something that I knew so well, rather than have the director's hat on all day where I just was just pretending to know what I was doing rather than actually feeling like I knew what was going on sort of a thing. So it was quite nice to go, oh my gosh, yes, I, I like I do, I do know something and it's this. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of nice to have those scenes and let out. Like we were saying about emotion, I had a scene in the episode where I could cry and I was so grateful for it because all I wanted to do all episode <laughs> was cry and I couldn't. So I was like, oh thank God I can let out some of those. <laughs> so it was good. <laughs> thank you so much for your questions. Um, oh, Monica and Christine, thank you for being here. You've- oh, Thank you for inviting me. This is really fun. 
fun, yeah. Word. Thank you. You're both um, been really important figures in my life and you are both just come at everything with positivity as with Eva's t-shirt and just with a <laughs> with a like lift you lift other people up and I just think that's so wonderful and I love that you're both continuing to slay the game. Slay the game. Killing the game. Killing the game. <laughs> From the house. From the house. From the house. See you. Thank you, Zach, as always. Little babe. This is the point where I let a bunch of let everybody in and we just wave goodbye. It's my favorite bit. So thank you guys for being here. Okay, admit all. It starts to get a bit loud and a bit crazy. Just Oh, I hope you enjoyed that. Oh wait, am I plugged? Liam, are you in? Oh, he's in. I <laughs> I couldn't see because on the front of Liam, he is naked at the moment. Doesn't have his leopard print stickers on that. I am going to order. He has a dial that, as I speak, it goes, how do I explain this? You know, like there's lights that flicker up and down depending on how loud I'm talking around the dial at the front. And I couldn't see that because, so then I thought, oh my gosh, did I forget to put it on? Because, I mean, I've lost count of the amount of perfect, brilliant outros and intros, tros, as Augustine and I call them. I have recorded and then realised I'm actually not recording. But the reason I couldn't see the little lights to check that I was recording is because I have put a post-it note on Liam to say, do Reddit questions for outro, because we all know my ooh, my memory, folks. And I was worried that during the course of the live, I would forget. Because after doing these, I just... Oh my gosh, I mean, I just need to dance around for an hour to get the adrenaline out. I just love it. I always end feeling just so uplifted. And especially this week, the Wi-Fi worked, didn't she? She worked so well for me this week. I had a feeling she would, but that's just what brilliant news. So yeah, I finished feeling like, oh yes, I've got my hit of Live with Lil, because last week I just didn't get it in the same way, all because of me and my internet connection not because of the guests who were also fantastic so I hope you enjoyed that oh I just get such a kick out of sharing the people that are just so amazing and I have gained so much from them it's funny Christine said about me just <laughs> I mean like you're wise 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 because that is what I said in the introduction and Basically, I just was mining her for information when she came on because here was a woman that had a family and had been in the business for years and was a British person that moved to America. And there was just so much that she had done that I was striving to do or curious about how my career was going to look in however many years, somewhere down the road. And here was somebody that had done it, had walked that walk, and I was just... Oh my gosh, I must have asked her a bazillion questions. I was just fascinated by her and her journey and she was just so fun and loved the work still. And it was a joy for her to be at work and it was a joy then to be around her. It was, she's just, oh my gosh, I just love her so much. And Monica, oh, she's just 
incredible, so talented, so she's got a wonderful way of being modest isn't the right way because I do think Monica really I hope she knows her worth, but she's never she doesn't ever put herself down, but she'll always put you up, you know? And I just think that's such a wonderful way to be. I've never heard her say, Oh, my writing's not great. But she will always say, Your acting's fantastic. And then if I go, oh my gosh, you, that, this scene is just so amazing. She'd go, thank you. She wouldn't be like, oh no, no, it's not. She'd be like, thank you. Your acting's amazing. Oh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I have so much admiration for her and she is, she leads from the front and she leads with compassion and kindness and she's just, she's wonderful. I'm so excited to see what she does next because it's going to be amazing. Okay, let's get to these Reddit questions. Also, do we need to hear more from Zach about his deleted scene? Maybe we do. Right, okay. So, bidet to you, sir. B-day to you, sir. Could be B-day to you, sir. Maybe that's a sci-fi reference I don't understand. But a B-day in England is like, that's how you pronounce it anyway, B-day. I don't know. B-day to you, sir. This episode features the Wall of Valor, where we see names like Bucky Barnes and Dr. Erskine. I never knew whether to say Erskine or Erskine. It's Erskine. I remember I had to say that in an episode, or I got to say that in an episode, and I had to look it up because I was so nervous that, you know, fans were going to know that I'd said it wrong. I'm saying that. Let me just look it up again. I think it's Dr. Erskine. I really had to say it at one point. Dr. Erskine. Yeah, how do I pronounce it? Why isn't it? It's not playing. I got my headphones plugged in. Oh, well, let me know in the comments if I do it wrong. It's not playing for some reason. Gosh, I'm so nervous I'm not recording. Don't want to miss this gold. Yes, it says we are recording. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> let me do this again. This episode features the Wall of Valor, where we see names like Bucky Barnes and Dr. Erskine. Emphasized. Who are some of the other names that you remember and how cool was the wall? That wall was so cool. And oh, it, this episode was just so beautifully constructed. There's so many great moments in it. A lot of the people on that wall actually were members of the production team. <laughs> so they would look through and see their own name. I wonder where that wall is now. I feel like somebody took it. Yeah, so that, those are the ones I remember of there being, you know, writers would have a square up there. Which, I don't know, is that a bit morbid? Not sure. Emily Jane Dancer. Seeing as Donnie Gill, Dylan Minette, amazing Dylan, Returned in season two, was it planned out from the beginning that Donnie would return or was it a happy coincidence because the actor was available? Well, you see, I can't really answer this question because uh, I don't actually know, but I would assume it was because it was all planned. Basically, everything they do is meticulously planned and then I think they, you know, if an actor isn't available, they'll work with availability because we shot for nine months out of the year, you could kind of shoot out of order fairly easily, especially if it was a scene here and there, you just have to get the director to come. And I'm sure there's lots of plans they have that they've said that they don't end up being able to do because of various different things. So no, I think that would have been planned. And also, I don't think it's any coinkydink that... Coinkydink, oh my gosh, what an annoying thing to say. I don't think it's any coincidence that Dylan is such a lovely person and then he came back because when there's somebody that's so wonderful and lovely to work with, they're always going to try and write them back into an episode if they can. And it was all the way in season two, so they played the long game there. 
Love My Captain asks, I really like the boiler room turned into club by the Tech cadets. Was that a redecorating standing set or was it built specifically for the episode? Oh, Love My Captain, what a great question. That was actually a set and it was an old bank that had been turned into a bar that they then decorated to be the Shield Academy bar. It was downtown in Los Angeles. It was so it was a an on location set that was a real bar. And we kept saying, Oh my gosh, we have to come back here because it was in the building of this old bank and the way in to this club was through the vault door. So it was the vault of a bank. And so the door to the club was this huge, thick, metal, heavy door with the old school spinny handle things that look like the steering wheel of a big ship, you know, and it just like cranks round and you open it up and it's so, so heavy. So yeah, that was a real set and it was a real club in LA that I don't know if that's still, I should probably try and find out the name of it. Can't remember. It wasn't a club I frequented, which doesn't really tell you much. AOS 2 Sword. Was this episode Zach's first time on set? What was his experience? Oh, we also have a question from Vicky saying, was Zach paid for the scene even if it was cut? How funny that this is the first outro in a while, probably, that he hasn't called me. I mean, disclaimer, I did call him straight after the live because I was just so excited that everything worked and it went well. So I'll try calling him and see if um, he'll answer our questions. Oh, he's playing hard to get. Oh, we ain't answering. Do you know what I thought I could do just while we wait? I'm gonna scroll through the chat of the episode and see if there's any from the live chat. Agent M asked on the live chat, what was it like when you guys were told Ward was Hydra? It was shocking and, oh my gosh, I just realised, <laughs> just watching this live back, my new fancy clock, I've, I'm covering it with half my body, sort of. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so the rest of them got told all together, excluding Ward. So Clark, Ming, Chloe, Ian were all told together because they were all on set on location that day and Mo and Jed were there. So they took them in to my trailer, actually, which I quite love that I was still there because I wasn't shooting on that day. So they were taken into my trailer because it was the cleanest, apparently, and told the news all together. And then I was asked to come to the office. And whenever you get asked to come to the office, it's you're either you're usually in trouble, basically. So I was nervous going up, going, oh, my gosh, what did I do? What did they say? Am I fired? Ah. And they handed me these red pages and said, have you spoken to anyone on set? And I said, no, I've just come in. They said, read that page. And it was the last episode of the turn, 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 uh, last page of the turn, turn, turn episode where Ward does something really bad. And I just couldn't believe it. And we did, it did make sense because the couple of days before, I think they'd told Brett a few days before and he had been acting quite strange and we didn't understand, you know, is he okay? What's going on with Brett? He seems a bit quiet. I hope he's all right. Da, da, da. Anyway, it turned out because he knew before us, as he should. Oh my gosh, there's loads of hashtag agent tads on this chat. Let's try Zach one more time. 
Oh my gosh, you know what's so crazy? So I'm just watching this and I am... Zach monitors the chat so I don't see it really apart from when I put the Zoom link in there and I'll sometimes have a little look and it'll be up at the same time but I also want to be concentrating on what the guests are saying. And, oh no, I hope I don't get her name wrong. Gracia said, I'm just scrolling through now looking at the um, looking at the live chat and she said, please pick me for a question. And I did. And I didn't see that before. Boy, she must have really put that out in the universe and I must have just picked it up. Hello. Like, hello. Like, hello. Hey, so, do you have two minutes for me to ask you some burning questions from Reddit? From Reddit? Yeah, that are to you, so... What? Where did you put stuff on Reddit? Wow, okay, yeah, shoot them over. Okay, so, this is from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Reddit page. How cool. I know, what do you know, eh? So, AOS2 Sword asks... Was this episode Zach's first time on set? What was his experience? Was it my first time on set ever? No. I can't remember. I must have visited you on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set, but it was on location. So it was actually at like a building downtown Los Angeles is where we shot that part of this episode. But I definitely, I must have visited you on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sets over at Culver prior to this, which was pretty epic. I mean... The size of this production was enormous. And it was it was really cool. I mean, just to be around everything. It's so secretive and like everything's like you get your sides at the last minute and everything's collected. So that was unlike any experience I'd had before, but I had been very fortunate to have worked on other shows prior to Agents of Shield. Were you on set? Were you do you think you were more... Because, I mean, I just found it so fun. I remember saying to you, well, this is like, this is the dream. We need to find something that we can both work on because to have you there at work all day was just so <laughs> fun. And obviously it was just for one day and all those things. But so for me, it was just like the best day ever. But for you, was it... Because we spoke in the live about the audition being potentially more nerve-wracking than other auditions because you knew the people in the room. Was it a similar thing on set or did you just feel like, okay, this is just playtime? No, I felt a lot more pressure personally. I felt like I, one, it was still first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and there was still a, a lot of focus on the show and the success of the show. And then... I had known Mo and Jed prior to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I had known them just socially. And then being your significant other, I was just, I think I was more self-conscious of my own, like, I, I didn't I didn't want to be a distraction because it's your, sh- like, you're one of the regulars and I was, you know, like a guest star on the show. So I think that that, even though I knew everyone, I think I was far more, nervous for some reason just because i felt like well any i didn't want to be a distraction because it's like oh well i'm i'm your boyfriend at the time or like i just wanted everything to go really well and people to be happy with you know my choices in the character and like in all of that like i think i was just i was 
probably more self-conscious. No, I definitely was. I was definitely more self-conscious <laughs> and nervous <laughs> and absolutely petrified. <laughs> it works um, well for the character, though. I also think it's really hard when you just have one day on an episode to come in and do one scene. Like you were saying, it's so much easier to have 50 lines sometimes than one line. It's the same thing on this. It's like you almost need a day on a job that you can just brush off the nerves and just get comfortable and get used to it. And then then you almost can, then you can just like play and take a deep breath. Whereas this was coming on for one scene and and you know it being with me and a funny kind of one night stand like it was a cool yes moment of the show I think that's yeah I can understand why you felt a lot of pressure doing that and I felt it when it came time for me to actually perform and I forget what the the director's name is this is terrible Ken um Ken I think it my performance was, was started off like semi bumbling like Simmons you know look at me oh my gosh you haven't called me back that kind of a thing and he kept taking me more and more into bumbling and bumbling and bumbling and that's not exactly my strong suit as a performer and so I kept thinking like oh my god like in each I mean I did several takes and I was like I'm just not getting this like I'm absolutely not getting it and Fortunately, we've we've been able to actually see the footage, and I was pretty happy with it. Because I was like, "Oh my god, I must have just sucked it up. They cut my they cut my scene. I was terrible." Um, and then I saw it, you know, obviously, and and I was happy with how it looked. So no, know, it looked amazing, it, and that's the sad part is that especially season one, I feel like they were all written really long, and loads of them had so much stuff to cut out. Like that episode, I think was over ten minutes long. And so there were multiple things that were cut out. It was such a shame that it was that scene because it was such a good one. <laughs> but preceding that was a, a page and a half monologue from Simmons that I just thought, there's no way this is going to stay in. And unfortunately, if that was cut, then it kind of the related to your cut. scene. Like whole, and yeah, it was yeah, a whole like big thing. Was cut yeah, the whole interaction. Because there was a thing that I had, I think, with Brett as well, that like there was some... We were at the bar together or something. I think that was cut out. Yeah. So there's like a bunch of that whole Basically thing everything cut. really in the in that bar set was cut apart from the chick playing snooker and Ward questioning her, which because yeah. that had to be in for the story. But yeah, so much of that episode was cut. Yeah. Vicky asks, was Zach paid for the scene even if it was cut? Yes, but not residuals. Yeah. Yeah, and they make sure that that, you know, un- acting unions make sure that you still get paid because so much, so much work you do ends up on the editing room floor just because of time. And it's a bit different for cable streaming, I guess, because they don't have to stick to such a strict time zone. But for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was like 43 minutes and, you know, it couldn't be 44 and it couldn't be 42 and it probably couldn't be 43 minutes, 20 seconds sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope the world gets to see it one day, darling. It was such a fun scene. And, you know, let's put that on the manifesting radar that we need to work together. I mean, I feel like we work together all the time. On different yeah, I mean, projects. we're working together right now. <laughs> well, I ain't paying you. You're not getting <laughs> residuals for this. 
the, the manifesting is working, Bob, because... I make you do all these things with me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You don't make me. Although my arm is twisted behind my back right now, but... Yeah. You just like it there. Yeah, I just like it there. <laughs> all right, babes, that's all the questions, me duck. All right, thank you, ducky. <laughs> thank you, ducky. Thank you for... Hey, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, well done. Do you want to do the, the outro to the outro? It was basically oh, that. It was what basically that. You know, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. So happy that you're here. See you next week. Take care. Love you loads. Okay, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We love you so much. Wait, do it again. I had a reminder on my phone. Do it again. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, thanks for being here we love you so much thanks for listening see you next week and again thanks for listening those are my kisses (laughs) I loved it okay bye